With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, what, what are people, you know, thinking about going into New Year's from a fitness perspective? What do the people you work with care about like okay don we got to do something new i'm still fat and i'm still ugly uh what what can i do right you know to make that change um and i'm motivated because it's new year's and i ate a lot over christmas right right why is fitness rolled in as part of new year's resolutions like everybody's got issues right like money issues job family but fitness seems to always be the number one kind of topic that people say, ah, I'm going to change my fitness routine. And it's not really about um, like their health and all that. It's just kind of, you know, convenient conversation piece. Like, Hey, I, I got a new trainer and I'm going to do this. Right. And then um, the thing I asked you in one of the questions was, do you purposely do anything new because it's new year's? Like when you work with somebody, are you going, Hey, I got this new technique and 2018 is going to be awesome. Right? Like my, my experience is different because I'm working with like a team and right now people are more concerned about, Oh, am I going to lose my job? Uh, and then if they, you know, if they retain their job or they're finding a new job, they feel like they got to do something new too. Cause it's a new season coming up and I got to do something different because if I do the same thing and we lose again, then I'm going to lose my job. So it's kind of the same. How how do you formulate goals for one people you work with, but maybe even yourself? Like, what are you thinking about this year? Oh, what am I going to do different for my own personal fitness? And then I think it's important for people to hear about that, right? Because that's where a lot of your ideas come from is like, what am I doing with myself, right? Well, that's something that, I mean, honestly, it, it, it really drove me nuts for, for a while because, you know, as you're, you know, a strength coach or trainer and you're trying to learn and get educated on your craft, everyone's saying, you know, you, you have to have a goal in mind. And, you know, I listened to this for probably about 18 years of my career. And what I ended up finding out is that the majority of the people that I work with, they don't have a goal. You know, they are, they want to, you know, they're, you know, ex-athletes or they, or they can remember the type of shape that they were in back in high school or college 20 years ago. And since then, they've been sitting at a desk. They feel like complete shit. Um, the eating, the drinking, life, kids, this, is, this all gets the best of us. And they're all under the assumption they're relating their fitness and they're relating to being in good shape 20, 25 years ago when the coaches then had actually, a lot of them didn't have a great idea on what to do. I mean, I was a collegiate athlete. I mean, you sure as hell been around enough of them. Um, 
But, you know, they didn't know. I mean, back then it was very antiquated. Very, very few people, Charlie Francis. I mean, obviously people that you've worked with had a, had a much different approach. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about the guy who went to, like, community college who, you know, played lacrosse and his coach had him running seven miles every day because he thought it was good for him. And now, you know, people this day and age are relating, well, that's what I did then to get in great shape. So that's what I have to do now. Completely ignoring the fact that, technology and science and that we've just evolved and learned so much as not only coaches as human beings and we know that there's a better approach and a better way to work with people correct and um you know i I think that's what kind of you know that's the hardest thing about all this is that people are just they're stuck in this old in this old way of thinking and because of that they're setting expectations for themselves that they're never going to they're never going to obtain the reality is, is you just get someone moving and, and a lot of good stuff's going to happen. That's part of this whole New Year's re- resolution is I think we have to start lowering our expectations a little bit of what needs to be done to get into that shape that you've dreamed of getting into. It does not need to be two hours a day. It does not need it. For myself, goals are, yeah, they change throughout the year because I have photo shoots or I have things I need to get ready for or maybe a client's getting ready for a movie role and they want me to train with them. Things, things change. So, I mean, but your approach is different because you've got – when you work with the majority of people you're working with are athletes and they're preparing for something very targeted and specific, like that's performance based. I'm not talking about, you know, a movie star performance based. You know, it's, I think it's way more, uh, I think it's way more technical. So the theme of this podcast appears to be let's have low expectations. Yes. So I I think it is, I think it's your new New year's resolution, but I think it's also lowering expectations. They're being realistic. Yeah realistic expectations yeah pretty realistic expectations how about changing your expectations because to get in great shape what you think you need is probably not what you need expectations uh, theme brings us to why are we doing a podcast Don? I know every once in a while I'll go through the iTunes podcast list list and say oh I want to find something new I want to find something refreshing but is us offering a new podcast what the world needs right now are we uh, you know what's your take on that I think that part of coaching and part of what we do is and what we enjoy doing is, is is helping people to think differently about their approach you, you and I, we, we know very well that it's not just about handing someone a program. And I think when you and I kind of hit it off and we, and we met, we realized that it, there was a discussion going on that, that just flowed and was really natural. And when we started talking, it was about topics that I think that I wanted people to hear and listen to. Um, I think what you and I are trying to do is, is really simple. We're just trying to get people better. We're trying to give people new information and new tools for their arsenal to be able to be successful, not only in their fitness, but in life. Because this stuff's going to pertain to anything in life. You know, the approach that, that I like taking in fitness and the reason why I've been successful in fitness will take that same approach to your business life or your relationships. You know, yeah, you know what? You're not in good shape because you've been putting in a day a week. You know, that's like working on your finances a day a week or working on your job or working on, 
you know, telling the person that you, your spouse, your loved one, that you love them once a week. It's just not enough. There's other things you have to do. There needs to be one word and there's a consistency. So I'm trying to show people that just because you haven't been good in this area, there might be an area that you're great in that if you took that same approach within your fitness, well, you'd be great in your fitness. That makes yeah, sense. It's like, uh, you know, you go out and you make lots of money and every see your kids. And then you have this one two week vacation where you spend time with your kids and you're like, Hey, what's the problem? Yeah. My kids don't like me. Right. I gave them this great two week vacation. Right. It's the same thing. I think it's the same thing with training. It's like you take off 50 weeks in a year and the last two weeks you just grind and you're eating right. And finally by the two, the second week you're starting to feel a little good, but is that enough? The answer is no, it's just not yeah. enough. But, you know, these are decisions that you have to make in life. I'm not telling everyone that they have to spend all this time in the gym or they have to eat beautifully or, you know, not drink or no, I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's about moderation. It's about doing what makes you happy. Um, I didn't, I'm prepping for a big photo shoot right now that that I'm not going to discuss because normally when I bring something up, it backfires. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm prepping for a photo shoot. So this holiday, I did not have a sip of alcohol. I did not have a cheat meal. I'm at Christmas dinner eating, you know, my prepared meals. People are looking at me like, oh, I'm so sorry, or why, why, why? Don't be sorry. Like, I've made this decision. This is what makes me happy. When someone turns to me and they see me eating that way, and they say, live a little, that is me living a little. That's me. I'm living my life the way I want to live it. And when it's time to go out and have a bunch of beers or crush a pizza, there is a time where I like to do that. But with me, you know, I keep the goals in mind or whatever I'm trying to work towards. And that's what makes me happy. And, you know, I think we got to do what makes us happy, but also understand that if by burying yourself in beers every night and that's going to make you depressed and you need to change your way of thinking also. It sounds like fun, but a lot of people that I speak to, everyone I speak to, they, they feel like shit from it. I think it's important for me to point out to everyone that I will not be ever doing a photo shoot ever. So <laughs> you don't have to worry about these. I love things. it. So, I love it. Uh, but I think, the interesting thing is when we talked about doing a podcast, we're like, okay, well, what can the two of us bring? And uh, most of my work tends to be on the sport performance side and teams and consulting. And so it's a, it's a different perspective. But at the same time, all the stuff that you're talking about is exactly the same in sports. It's, you know, our guys training enough consistently throughout the year to be ready to play their sport. And right. what's happening is it's not, it's not happening you know, for whatever reason, the unions or the collective bargaining agreements don't force players to be training all the time. It's left up to them. And if, right. and even if they have training camp or a season coming up, they, a lot of them just kind of wait till the end and maybe, oh, I'll put together a four or six week program to get ready for training camp. But this year, if you look at the NFL, there's been a whole lot of um, injuries like pretty significant injuries to major uh, players. And I think, you know, it's because that consistency that they're lacking, they, you know, they haven't really set a goal for themselves in terms of their training. And now it's coming back to haunt them just like it would somebody who goes to the doctor after, uh, you know, a year and going, Hey, you got really high cholesterol. You're way overweight. And you know, this, you know, this was never addressed. You know, you can't start brushing your teeth three weeks before your dentist appointment and go, Oh, I should be fine. You know? So all the same things. And, and I completely agree. I, mean, I actually think, I mean, don't take this the wrong way. I think your job's a lot harder than mine. Um, uh, and, and, and I have a theory from this, but you know, I'm working with an actor who's coming in and like, do I work with athletes? Yes. 
but it, when you're looking at the scale, it's, it, it's not even a comparison. It's, you know, for every, you know, 20 actors I work with, I probably work with one athlete or maybe two athletes. Um, but with the actors, I've almost found them to be incredibly easy because they just, they show up, they start treating this as if this is them getting into character. So an actor, their main, their main focus is they, obviously they want to be as believable as possible. You know, when they get looked at upon by their other peers, it, it is a huge compliment for an actor to say to another actor, like, you know, you were in there at my club with, with, with a very well-known actor and everyone's turned to me going, that guy's tremendous actor. He's, he's tremendous at what he does. I, I think that is, that is an incredible compliment from someone in his industry. But when a lot of these actors are coming in, they have that goal and they understand that to get into that role, they have to look the part, whether it's David Harbour on the floor, who I got, uh, who I trained for Hellboy, he had to look like, like an Olympic shot putter. So naturally, I'm not too consumed with, uh, concerned with him eating steam food or, you know, obviously food quality is important, but once he got his macros in and what he needed to be able to put size on after that, I'm like, yeah, go have ice cream. I don't, I don't care. Like I need him to be big and I need him to be, you know, this, this big burly, burly guy. But what I, what I found with a lot of the athletes are, you know, they're so used to being great at their craft and their sport that almost getting them into the training side of it. Some of them that I've been around, they almost didn't find it as enjoyable or they, or they, or they didn't necessarily believe how much it could help them out. They were almost kind of just going through the motions, but that, that was my experience. Probably not yours, but um, no, that's similar. It's similar. I think, uh, and maybe in acting, there's a bit of this too, but there's that aesthetic in acting where you have to look a certain way. Whereas in sports, if you're talented, mm-hmm. Um, you could still be successful. Like you're, you're a baseball player. Like look at how many baseball players are kind of overweight, but they can still hit the ball. They can still throw the ball. So that part isn't as important if their talent overrides, you know, the aesthetic. Right. But in the acting, if you have to look a certain way, you got to look a certain way and, you know, and they don't want to embarrass themselves or they're also, I mean, a lot of these, you know, they're, they're leaving a legacy. I mean, think about it. Anytime you put a movie out there, this is something that your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids, they're going to have the ability to go back and watch that. Yeah. And it, it's almost in a way it's like, yeah, it is their business card a little bit. It is kind of their comp card. It is their electronic portfolio where, you know, wow, look at, look at the shape that guy got in or that woman got in for that role. And that's, and that's pretty special. But I, yeah, I just thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Everyone always, it was under the assumption. Oh yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the athletes are way easier. And I'm, I almost thought it was the other way around for me, at least in my experience. No, I agree. Now I have to ask you, do you have to make David Harbour fat again for stranger things? Is that your responsibility? Um, I don't want him to. <laughs> he's just on the floor. Listen, this is, this is a big, I mean, this is a guy whose career is exploding. Yeah. Um, he's a plus plus as a person. Nice. A tremendous actor. And listen, he's just a big guy. I mean, he's, this is a guy who's six foot four, 250 pounds coming in here and you know I think uh, you know initially my main focus with him like he's describing the size he needs to be and we're we're, we're, we're online and we're looking at pictures I did it with Liev Schreiber when he had to get ready for the Chuck Webner movie we're in here we're pulling up pictures of what Chuck looked like and I'm like damn Liev you got to start eating some uh some burgers and drinking some vodka as we started laughing you know do you even really need to train for this role naturally I always want someone to train because I want their bodies to be resilient especially when they're you know, playing a role that's physical. Um, but with David, it really was just making sure his body was strong. I wanted his body to develop a resiliency 
because I knew that when he put that suit on and that when he, when he, and he even said this, when he, when he, when, when he became that character, he almost had to take it as like, a, all right, well, fuck you. This is, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, I can kick your ass type of thing. And I think part of putting that suit on is that if he didn't believe it in here, you know, deep inside, then, then he wouldn't be able to, you know, perform it in the way that he wanted to perform it. in. I think what it sounded like, he was incredibly successful. Um, with it, but it wasn't about him, you know, putting on abs. Like most people think, well, we're going to get ripped for roll. No, it was the other way around. It was about keeping him strong, putting on muscle. And, um, you know, he was a little lenient on his diet. We were fine. But for stranger things now, I think it's whatever way that they want to go with the show. You know, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe he comes back in, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Hopper. Yeah. His, um, uh, the, the guy, the, uh, uh, police officer that he plays, maybe he comes back getting in a good shape. Who knows? I have no idea. But <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take instruction. And I'll run with it. Do you find that when you get some of these guys and maybe they weren't as concerned about their fitness and their training and what weren't uh, on a program that once you get them doing that, now they're like, Hey, this is something I never uh, did before, but I really like it. And I want to keep, they going. all like it. Yeah, They all like it. Even, even the ones coming in and I won't mention names here, but I've, I've some that come in and they don't want to put on, any muscle. They don't want to put on any size because they don't want to be typecasted or they don't want to, they want to be very neutral as, as, as actors to where at any point they can kind of diverse into a different role. So, um, and these are some of the actors I work with, but every single one of them, when they get in a great shape, they don't, they don't complain about it. They love it. Their wives love it. Their girlfriends love it. Their boyfriends love it, whatever it is. <laughs> um, but you know, they, um, yeah, I mean, it's fun. Um, my thing is, you know, I want them to be healthy and I want them to be in shape all year long. So I tell them when we're not training for a movie, if they feel like with all other work in life that they want to get down to training two, two to three days a week just for maintenance, so be it. At least maintain something and, you know, food quality. And you want to go out, you want to have a hamburger and have a couple of beers, enjoy it, but understand that you can't do that every night. So yeah. just instilling values in them. You know? Yeah, I'm sure Carrot Top ruined it for a lot of people when they said, I don't want to be that muscular and that unfunny. Um, That's funny. Well, what about <laughs> you? I mean, just quick question. So you put, a, you put a ton of emphasis into, I mean, you're working with these athletes come to you for uh, performance. They come to you because they want to basically improve and they yeah. want to become optimal. How much, well, of it is, um, how much of it is the training? And how much of it isn't just, oh, wow, you know what, you're, you're just not resting enough or you're just not, your nutrition isn't right or your supplementation isn't right. Like how many of them do you honestly turn around to and just say, oh, you know what, it's, no, it is the training, you know? I think for the most part, when you work with, say, people in the NFL or NBA, a lot of the time, like I'm really big on this whole idea that natural selection has got them to where they are and it's not some grand plan. So when you get these guys, they're probably have great body composition naturally. Um, they probably have, you know, some speed and strength. Now it's all those things that you said though. There's a very small percentage of pro athletes who really keep track of everything that are very obsessed about it. And then there's a whole bunch of guys who just got there because they're talented. So now you have to actually work back and go, okay, you're, you know, if you're in your early twenties, that, that can be okay. Right. You can get by, but as start as you get, Later, as soon as you get later into your career, now these things start to work against you and you have to look at, okay, how are you sleeping? How are you dieting? Um, how are you getting your workouts in and what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on quality? Or are you focusing on quantity? And you have to break all these things down and it's almost like you have to teach them uh, from square one again. And that was the funny thing. I work with some world record holders in, in sprinting 
and we get them into the weight room and they don't really have good technique at anything. Um, and, and even their warm up and, and some of their, the aspects of their training were really deficient, but they still were the best in the world. So I think you run into those situations where um, you have to educate people on generalities and, and making sure that they have a plan and making sure that their goals are set properly, just like you would do with a fitness client. Sure. And, and so it's, it's very interesting. I think, like you said, everybody just expects uh, if you're at the top level as an actor or you're at the top level as an athlete that you've done all these fantastic things to be there, but sometimes it just happens. And maybe now we got to put together a plan to get people working properly to maintain that. So that's, that's what I found. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you just said the word, a plan. And um, I think that's probably one of the bigger problems that I'm seeing with uh, people out there with their exercise is that it's one thing to, to go off a feel and to, and to understand your body. And I know that, but I, I feel like that takes years to learn. I mean, I'm, I've been doing this professionally for 18 years. And I think in the last few years, it, it just, the maturity set in to where I understood what it actually means to listen to your body and that some people out there aren't listening to their body. They're just getting flat out lazy. So, you know, I, I do believe going in cause we were talking about new year's res- resolutions and I do believe going into the new year. Yeah. Part of it is, you know, you can establish a fresh new plan for the person, you know, even if, you know, uh, unless someone's been working up through the new year and they're continuing to progress and they feel great and they're loving it, okay, I'll, I'll keep that person on it because what ain't broke, I ain't fixing. But, you know, if someone's coming into the new year and they want to start off with something fresh, new, and shiny, then I'm giving them something fresh, new, and shiny. I'm not saying that another program isn't what's working. This is just what we're working on now based on all the information that was given to me through their functional movement screening, through their assessment, through their just their basic health questionnaire, how are you sleeping? You know, how regular are you every day? Um, how much alcohol are you drinking? What's your stress life like? You know, um, and there's just basic basic parameters that I that I use. And then I just pretty much run from there um, to the best of my ability. Do you, do you find it interesting that at this time of year, like we're into 2018, that people, one of the first things they look at is like, I got to change my workout routine. When there other aspects of their life could be in disarray as well. But this this honing in on fitness, do you think, like you said, it's a bit of a metaphor for everything. It's a good place to start. Yeah, you know, I, I think everyone just thinks it's going to get fixed with the workout. You know, it's and it's, you know, it's like taking someone who comes in. I, I mean, a, a runner, anyone. I have, I, I back pain. Let's just use for for example the majority of the people that we work with who might work on Wall Street, who might sit at a desk ten hours a day. I back pain. What can I do for it? So I send them to our physical therapist. Our physical therapist gives us the thumbs up says there's no big red lights to where we'd have to, you know, not, where this person couldn't be training. They need to train. And we start training them and they feel better for the session. And then they go to work and they sit down again and they spend eight hours in a chair and then they wake up the next day and their back's hurting them again. You know, it's, you know, to think that one hour of, of training could, you know, is going to completely fix someone. I don't know. It might, it might not. But a lot of times it's not just putting that one hour of exercise, or that one hour of stretching or that 30 minutes of stretching in. It's the other things that we're doing throughout the, the day. It's, it's starting to cut down on those damaging factors like the sitting and like the nutrition and just understanding that, listen, I'm not telling you not to sit all day. I'm not telling you to be at your desk standing all day. If you can do that, great. But um, 
there's also problems with that because people start shifting. I'm opening a can of worms here, but um, you know, it really comes down to kind of assessing, you know, let's establish a, an, an obtainable goal. Not, not where I'm turning around on Jan one saying, I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to have a cheat meal. I'm going to eat perfectly for the next month. And you get so worked up over it that, you know, you lose this weight and you're feeling great. And out of nowhere you crash and you have a big weekend and you gain eight pounds of it back because you realize you didn't lose all fat. You lost water. So I just feel like if we could turn around and get more consistent and, and, and almost cut down on the amount of time that someone's working out, almost say, all right, listen, you're, you know, the, uh, the whole mindset is, is an hour. We're going to get you in for 30 minutes. Well, I want to go longer than that. Well, I understand, but your history with going an hour has never worked out for you. So why don't we try this? Let's try with 30 minutes. Let's try three days a week. Let's see how that works. All right, well, I want more. I want more. All right, so you know what? Your, your, your rest is good. Everything's good. You're building some confidence. Your body's feeling great. We can, we can add a day. And sl- suddenly, you start building conf- confidence, and you start adding a little to where, you know what? You're training 40, 45 minutes a day, four days a week, breaking a sweat five or six days a week. And out of nowhere, you're like, wow, this isn't too intrusive to my lifestyle. I'm actually enjoying this. This has become part of my routine. I actually look forward to working out. I'm actually leaving my workouts not feeling so beaten down to where I don't want to come and do something the next day. Um, I just, I know for a fact that people are taking, most of the people out there are taking the wrong approach and they're almost hitting it too hard with too much intensity out of the gate and they're realizing it's just not, it's not obtainable. Yeah. And, and as part of the New Year's resolution thing, um, we talked a bit about it. We hinted at it, but do you, do you purposely do new things even just to ch- kind of change? Like we, we talked a lot about variability and changing yeah. things up and regardless of how people feel about sport training and fitness training, there's gotta be an entertainment aspect to it, right? Absolutely. Like you, you have to keep, keep people engaged. So what kind of things do you do? Do you, I mean, if you have a long-term celebrity client and they come in you know, January 2nd and go, okay, what are we doing new now, Don? Like, do well, you listen, have- again, you know, again, it's a great question. I mean, it depends on the goal. Like if someone's coming to me and it's a powerlifting goal, then you know what? <clears throat> the training might get a little bit more monotonous. If it's a body composition goal and it's about work capacity. Yeah. I can afford to pay a little bit more attention to the entertainment effect and just, you know, make sure that Training's got to be fun. I mean, with how I'm training myself, I like work, walking around with low body fat, flexible, being able to move. And if I'm not having a good time with my program, it's time to change it up. I mean, even if I'm progressing, if for some reason I'm not having a good time with my program and it's becoming very monotonous, I change it because I don't want to go to the gym. The gym for me is enjoyable. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to, to get people, I'm trying to get them to the point where, you know, exercise becomes enjoyable. They become looking forward. Now we're just saying, oh God, I got to do, 10 sets of six on the squat again for the third straight month on a, on a Monday. And I only get 45 seconds rest and I just feel like crap today. And I don't want to put a bar on my shoulders and it's just all the stuff. Like, why are you going to do it with the person? Be, be, because it's part of your plan, deviate off of it, allow them to feel successful. And if we allow people to feel successful while they are being safe in the, with their exercise, which that's a whole other topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they're going to see progress because they're going to be more consistent because they're going to enjoy it. So you can, I mean, I was going to, you know, do the tangent on the group fitness and people doing crazy stuff in, yeah. in a dark room with loud Go music. Ahead. <laughs> but uh, uh, 
you know, what is, you know, how much do we have to kind of walk that razor's edge between like, let's make it a little dangerous and let's, you know, let's push people, you know, and I'm going to get onto this next topic here because there was a New York Times article that I read yesterday by Gretchen Reynolds. And that's somebody I want to get on the podcast. She talks Absolutely. a lot about exercise and, and, you know, you know, everybody in New York and it's not like me being in Canada and people going, Oh, you're from Canada. You know, the guy in Saskatchewan, I'm like, no, no, that's <laughs> three it. hours away by plane and probably a two hour moose ride. So, I love it. Uh, you know, but, but those are people you can get in touch with, but she talked about adding intensity in this article and how there's now uh, research to support that it, it affects people on a genetic level when you add more intensity. Now, you know, I, I think I have the study here. It says uh, in young people, when they added intensity, it affected 275 genes, but in older people, it affected like, I think 400 different genes. So now you can enact change at a genetic level if you add intensity and you push people, but how much do you push people, Don? I don't have a problem with pushing people. I have a problem with pushing people with the wrong tools. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, and also training age. I mean, if, if I'm getting someone in out of the gate and they just don't have the foundation to be able to support it, it's irresponsible for myself or a coach to sit there and say, oh, on a scale of one to 10, we're going to run you at a 10 when you haven't exercised or done anything in the last year. Yeah. But I think, you know, if someone is lacking in mobility and it's a real grind, but their training age is starting to become increased and their cardiovascular system is, is, is improving and their muscular endurance and their muscular strength and these components of fitness are improving. I've got no problem with dropping the gas pedal on someone. Granted, we are doing a safe exercise. Am I going to have someone do a kettlebell swing if they can't hinge or touch their toes? Absolutely not. I'm not going to do that. I'll find maybe it's a sled push. Yeah. Maybe it's a battle rope. You know, maybe it's getting them over on the Versa climber and running some intervals. You know, so I, I, I think I, the intensity end of it, yeah, once we get through a little bit of that introductory phase of training age, if they can handle it and, you know, they had good sleep and their, and their regimen has been good lately, I think it's okay to find a tool. Give them that training effect. People, that's what, you know, it's sad, but that's how people are really dictating success. And it's not how I dictate success. It's not how you dictate. You dictate success from, you know, an athlete turning around and, you know, performing well. If you if you have someone on a training regimen and you've you've revamped this 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 athlete's life and he comes in and he wins his next three meets and it might be a bad example, then guess what? Something's going on that's pretty good, right? I mean, that's probably where the evidence is going. Yeah, yeah. Stopwatch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop. Exactly the stopwatch. But you know, all these other things from my end, it it, it it just changes, especially when you're working on body composition. Now, when you sit down with people, and I'll do this with, with athletes, it's, it's the whole goal-setting um, process and, and the, the session where you go, okay, what are we going to do for you this year? What do you want to see? Do you want to look better? Do you want to feel better? And obviously, it's, it's probably going to be a, a bunch of those things. But do you spend a lot of time on that and making sure that people are clear on their goals and, and understand, okay, if we're going to do this and have our New Year's resolution – these are the deliverables at the end of four months or six months. Is that, is that something that you talk about a lot? Well, first off, I mean, it's, it's, it's different for each person. And yes, to answer your question, I do talk about that with my existing clients who've been here with me. We know what the goals are. Um, it's not going to change from December 20th to Jan one. Like it doesn't, it's not like we have to sit down and have a conversation. We have a plan in place. We're executing that plan. 
uh, what typically happens is they leave for two weeks, and I like to tell them, listen, be active, keep the intensity really low. Let's use this as an active recovery time. If you feel like you can take off, take off. Like, I want you to rest because you're training so much with me anyway. Uh, but if you can't take off, then just remember, run it like a seven on a scale of one to 10. Like just get in there, make it enjoyable, break a sweat, get out, get on the beach, do what you, do what you gotta do. Um, with the actors, it is, it's normally driven by the movie role that they're in. So the goals throughout the year are always changing. I mean, Sebastian Stan can turn around and, you know, in I, Tanya, you know, you almost got to make him a little soft. And then a month later, you got to really grind him out and because he's shooting a, Avengers or it's going on at the same time. So how do you do that? Because a lot of these people shoot movies at the same time. What I really have to turn around with those goals is when we're getting new clients in um, right at the new year. And when they're coming in here for the first time, I mean, my, myself and my staff does a good job of, of making sure that the goals are up to date and, and, and where we're trying to take them, et cetera. But when a client's coming in on that day one, week one, or, you know, week two, day one, whatever it is, yeah, it is, it's formulating, it's sitting down, explaining what are the expectations here? What are you looking to get out of this is normally the first question I, I ask from everyone. And yeah. just hearing from them rather than me telling them what do they want out of Sometimes it's as simple as, listen, you know what? I'm really happy with how I look. Um, I would like to improve my energy level a little bit. Um, I like to get into fitness because I know it's important. And I know it's healthy for me. But all in all, like with my shirt off, I'm really happy with how I look. My, my wife's happy with how I look. But uh, I know I'm not getting any older. Um, I'm not getting any younger. And then I have to address certain things. Wow, that's a really like, that's a very mature, like you, you think you don't hear that a lot. And when I hear those, I actually... It actually makes me happy because I understand that coming in, the expectation isn't like, all right, I've got to be down 30 pounds by this time. And out of nowhere, they're setting the stress up in their head where you already know it's a disaster. It's, it's going to be a disaster client to work with. It's just, it's very difficult to work with people that way because they're so driven on what that scale saying. Now, the guy coming in who's saying, oh, well, I, uh, you know, I just want to start training and exercising. Those are the ones you take your time with, and they end up probably doing more with their bodies and more with their health than they ever imagined. Because every week, it's like, oh wow, I never, I can never do that, or oh wow, I haven't been able to touch my toes since high school, or oh wow, this is the first time I'm waking up without my back being sore in the morning. And they're coming in; it's like this constant freaking epiphany every day. And you, you seem like a genius, but you're just, you're just introducing them to some good, some good solid training. So. You know, I, again, what's this, it's, it's the expectation. It's, it's coming into this whole thing of 2018. It's coming into exercise. It's coming into the new program, the new you. Cleaning your side of the street is the saying that I always like to use. Like, you know what? Yeah, the reason why a lot of us, you know, we jump into fitness and nutrition at the first of the year is because we understand that we want to just feel better about ourselves. That's one major, yeah, there's finances, there's work. We want to feel better about ourselves. I think that's consistent with any person that I've ever met. Uh, but I think when you, once, you, once you lower your expectations and you set a plan and just say to yourself, I'm going to go in here day in and day out and do what I need to do on this given day to be successful. If you can focus on that, you're going to get to where you need to get to. I, and that might mean, well, it's Thursday night and I'm going to exercise today and I've got a birthday dinner everyone's taking me out to and I'm going to drop a couple margaritas. Great. That's part of life. Enjoy it. I'm not telling you not to, but I think it's going in and doing what you need to do on that given day to be happy and to be successful in the, at, the, at the same time. 
do you have people that are really fixated on measurables? Like I got to weigh this much. I got to, I got a marathon coming up. I got to run this. I know when I was at the New York giants facility, I had like Odell Beckham come up to me and say, could you make me run a four two forty or, you know, Brandon Marshall, I need to run a faster 40. So that's what's in their head is like 40 yard dash. Now, what are some of the things that, that your clients focus on in terms of, cause in my head, I think you should just have photo shoots with everybody every six months and go, we got a photo shoot. You got to look good here. It really is. It would really be, it's a very motivating factor. I mean, when a woman comes in and she's getting ready for her wedding or, you know, she just delivers her, or, you know, her first, second, third child, whatever it is. And it's suddenly, it's like, okay, we've got a goal now. I want to get back. You know, those are, those are more definitive. Does that make sense? Yeah. They're more yeah. Like, like this is a, a now when someone comes in and they're, and they're, it's all about losing weight to me that's just not even it's not even healthy i mean you can lose weight and be incredibly unhealthy you can lose weight and gain body fat i've seen this happen you've seen this happen i think the scale you know it takes some maturity to use it and as much as it's a, it's a tool it's also a weapon if you're turning around and I'm working with, you know, Suzanne Smith, who doesn't exist, by the way. Uh, <laughs> this would be very clear because someone's so, who is that? Not disclosing information. If, um, you know, she's coming in and she has to lose weight by this specific time and she's, she's working herself up over this and she's getting so stressed out, then you know what the stress hormone can do to the body. You know what that could do to cortisol levels. I mean, people gain weight. People can gain weight through increased levels of stress. We, we don't think about this. We think of exercise and nutrition as what fixes all the problems it does in. These are just big ingredients to the, to the, you know, to the soup or whatever you want to call it. They're, they're not the primary ingredients. They're, they're, they're not everything that makes it up. Right. So um, again, it's getting back to that expectation. It's uh, just getting people to relax a little bit. Like guys relax. Like, you know what? You're telling me you want to be 50 pounds lighter. I respect that. Yeah. This is the plan I'm putting together that's going to get you 50 pounds lighter. Well, why is it taking so long? We are going to drop 50 pounds of weight. We want this, the majority of this to be, a lot of it to be fat. We don't want to dehydrate your body of water weight. I don't want you to lose. I saw a physique competitor in two days gain 30 pounds of water back because after he dieted down and carb deloaded, he went into such a binge that he retained all of his water back. He got really sick. Wow. So what you're going to tell me all oh, what, what, so what three days earlier, he was healthy. Like, like, no, you're not healthy just because someone's losing weight. I got to drop five pounds. Well, would you rather look better with your clothes off? Would you rather your clothes fit better? Or would you rather just lose five pounds? Cause I can't have you lose five pounds today. Yeah. And you're going to gain it back and you're going to be unsuccessful with this. Like you've always been because you're taking the wrong approach. I mean, you know, this is what works for me. Yeah, and, and and those are the goal side. And we talk a little bit more about the the means to do that. Do you have like like the David Harbor example is you just focused on getting them strong, working hard, and probably a lot of the body composition stuff took care of itself. And uh, but a lot of the time, do you focus more on exercise? Do you focus more on diet? Is there a balance all the it time? It depends. Yeah. With, with with Harbor. Um, and I very rarely say this, I focused less on diet. You know, I turned around to Dave and I said, we're going to focus on food quality. Okay, so um, 80% of your week, I want everything to come from the best stuff on earth. Like, I want to make sure that when you're eating a steak, it's from, gra- it's from a grass-fed source. You know, your vegetables are organic. You know, you're eating slow-burning carbohydrates. 
I want that stuff to be really healthy. And then the rest of the stuff, that, that 20% could come down to once you get your food in and I want you to get in for the day, yeah, if you want to go have an ice cream, go have an ice cream. You know, you're not doing it every day. Like, I didn't know, it's, it comes down to personality. If he was a junk food junkie, then yeah, I'm worried about his overall health and we're going to have to make some changes. But looking at this guy, like, you know, he's not a drinker. He's, you know, he always, you know, eats pretty healthy to begin with. It really became more about training and it became more about movement. You know, yep. When he started, you know, we struggled. He struggled to touch his toes. I'm allowed to talk about this. And, you know, his, 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 his low back was hurting him. So, you know, we had our PT, you know, Charlie Weingroff, these guys looked at him. You know, we started with a good, you know, uh, you know his FMS, his corrective work. We, we, we made his um, warm up very purposeful. And then, you know, we got him doing things like carrying weight and kettlebell deadlifting. Nine weeks later, he went from kettlebell deadlifting a single 28 on day one because we were very cautious about his back. He pulled 375 off the ground on a barbell. Was that his max lift? No. I didn't have to push him to his max lift, nor would I ever recommend anyone doing because I'm going to send him off to shoot a movie and have a max lift so he blows his back out. Mm. It was probably an 85% lift for him that I had him do for one. Still somewhat aggressive, maybe 90%. I mean, he had more reps in him. I had him stop. He's like, why'd you have me stop? I said, because we, we got what we wanted to get out of this. I'm not going to jeopardize his health. It's not going to do anything. What is that? What is him squeezing out? Two more reps at one day going to do? Nothing. It's not going to make him that much stronger over the next two to three months. You know, fine. Maybe it just from an ego standpoint, he would have said, oh, I pulled, you know, 375 for three rather than one. Or I pulled 400 pounds. Like, who cares? Like, but I, I wanted him to go off and I wanted him to own that strength. And I wanted him to understand that the progress wasn't about what you look like with your shirt off. You look great. The progress was more about how you felt, your energy level, and how resilient your body is going to feel when you're shooting this movie in Bulgaria. Are people surprised when you get them to do like this heavy weight that maybe they've never even conceived of doing? And they're like, man, I just lifted 375. Like that's, I yeah. mean, that's not the yeah, I mean, sometimes. Though. Yeah, they are. When they look at you and they're like, wow, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with being strong and stop affiliating being strong with being this oversized muscle bound human being. You know, when I met Ryan, it was, it was about repetition. It was about with him. You know, when I started training seven, eight years ago, he was a high rep guy. And, you know, I explained him the importance of developing that foundation and, and going heavy on some of these initial lifts. You know, maybe the, it's the deadlift. You know, we have trap bar deadlifting a lot now. Bench pressing, you know, we were able to, be, you know, obviously bench press. Um, I didn't really like back squatting him much. You know, I, I would work going to a double kettlebell squat, harbor, double kettlebell squat, never threw a bar on his back. Yeah. Always double kettlebell squat. It was just, it was a safer movement, a lot of bang for, for our buck. And he, in his hips, his body felt great doing it. So, but no, getting those guys down into almost uh, considering it more about practice in, in, in the warmups, not where they're sitting there burning it out and, you know, trying to exhaust themselves. I'm like, all right, I want five reps. I want four reps. I want them as clean as you can make them. And I want you in just the right position at every second of, of, of the uh, time that you're under tension. And, and that, when they, when they realized that and how precise every rep was, that's when they got in cra crazy strong. And then that's when they got in crazy shape. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear because, you know, I was going through some of the articles for 2017 and they have, oh, this celebrity trainer does this. And I'm like, oh, that's bullshit. And then this yeah. one does this. And it's like, it's nice to hear that you actually push these guys and, and, and actually get them to do intense 
you know, basic stuff. And that, but, uh, yeah, but, but you know, and I, and I appreciate it, but I'm, I'm stealing a lot of stuff from, from coaches like you. I mean, you know, you're, you're in a tribe, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, working with all of us about sprinting form, which is probably the area I might be worst at and going through specific things, but getting a little bit of a better understanding. And yeah. Am, am I, do I have people out on Broadway sprinting and you know, am, am I, is my objective to get them to run as fast as possible? My objective is to get them to move as cleanly and as healthy as possible. And that might require me to get them doing some skipping work or some sprint technique work with the bands that you had us working on and, you know, some jumping, some plyo work. And if I'm going to do that with them, I better make sure that I'm gaining a lot of information from someone like you. Otherwise, I'm going to hurt them. And I think you brought up group fitness earlier. I don't have a problem with group fitness. Granted, you are being taught by a coach. Yeah. Not a cheerleader. And what's happening nowadays is you have these club promoters, and I'm going to say it, they're opening these concepts, these group concepts. It's all about the dollar, which great, you're in business, and I understand that. And they're making a lot more money than I am probably. But, um, you know, it's about the dollar, and they're, it's all about them getting a good-looking cheerleader up front to just get people to sweat. And you know what? Maybe that's – if somebody wants to go and look at a cheerleader while they exercise, and, you know, some people do, some people are just like, <laughs> you know what? No, I don't want to get better. So I've had people tell me this. I don't want to get better. I just, yeah. I like going out. I like how I feel. I, you know, I drink a lot. I eat like crap and I just want to go in and I want to sweat because it makes me feel good. And if I can look at a good looking guy on, on up on there teaching me or a good looking girl teaching me, what, what's, what's the big deal? And yeah. it's kind of tough to answer that question because yeah. it's like, all right, so you're in there sweating. Like, are you getting some type of fitness out of it? Yeah, you are. I, you are. <laughs> but, you know, uh, what, what worries me is if they're doing something ridiculous to where they get injured. But you know what? They're in there. I mean, as long as they know that and they're, and they're aware. Then- yeah, what kind, of, what kind of advice? Because I'm sure you have a few people who want to go and do that, right? Some of the people you train and go, hey, I want to go over and try this class. What advice do you give them just to keep them in the safe zone? Like, you know, I, I, my, my advice is like this. The question I get asked a lot about is CrossFit. Like, do you dislike CrossFit? I'm like, no, I, I, don't, I don't dislike anything. I dislike it when it's, when it, when it's instructed from a coach that, that doesn't know his right arm from his left arm. That's what I worry. I, I dislike it when it's a coach trying to force someone into a position that their body's just now allowing them to get into. So my advice is, is, you know, talk to different people who take the class, ask them certain questions. Like, how do you feel naturally? Certain questions. Like, have you seen results? Yes. I know you're going to ask them all those questions. So I don't even have to tell you what to ask. Have you gotten abs from this class? I get you're going to ask that. Ask them something really simple. Have you, do you feel like that your body's moving better or it's moving worse? They might look at you a little bit crazy. I think it's really simple going into a group class. Is your body moving better or is it moving worse? Well, what do you mean? Well, are you getting up? Well, yeah, I started this class and my back didn't hurt. Now my back's hurting. Well, you're moving worse. Well, my shoulder's bothering now. Well, you're moving worse. Or, no, my body feels great. Okay, you know, if, if your body's been feeling great and I just spoke to five, four or five people and they're feeling good, then all right. I mean, there's other things we can look into, but let's keep it really simple right now. Let's allow people to crawl before they, they, can, uh, they can walk. Um, I also want to get them to get into something that they're going to enjoy doing. So if spinning is something they're going to enjoy doing, I don't have a problem spinning. I mean, I have a problem with someone with bad hips and a bad back is spinning seven days a week, double sessions a day. Yeah, sure. I have a problem with that. Now, am I going to tell you to stop spinning? No, I'm not going to tell you to stop spinning. I'm going to tell you to come train with someone like yourself or someone like me or my team here who's going to be able to get your body to move better, to spin better. And you might even find that you burn more body fat because we have you doing things that isn't in a one size fits all program. 
Yeah, yeah. There's different levels of, of intensity and stimulus that are challenging them, right? So, right. Uh, so we're going to circle back here to finish up, and I want to get back to what you're going to do. What, what are you going to do for 2018? What are some new things, or are you going to change anything? Yeah, you know, I'm going to change a lot. I'm going to um, I'm going to stop trying to take on so much. I've always been a very much throw balls in the air type of person. And now that my career is kind of going, I, I'm going to really try and when I say scale back, I think scale back on getting involved in a lot of different opportunity and focusing on the things I need to focus on to being successful. You know, I need to focus on my business. I need to focus to I need to continue to focus on on my on my health, my body. I need to continue to focus on my family. So yeah, so it's 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 delegating, it's focusing on the things that are really going to move the needle the most for me and uh, just trying to enjoy the process while I'm at it. How about yourself? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we're talking about me not having any photo shoots, which is probably good, but uh, <laughs> for my own personal fitness as I got into, I would say like mid forties, how old are you now? Right, right now? I just turned 40 in April. Okay. So this is going to be good advice for you. When I got into my mid forties, I found that I didn't have the same motivation to exercise like intensely, like I'll do it. I'll kind of go through the motions. And so now, and, and I, I just thought, well, maybe I'm just lazy now. Um, right. Maybe there's some biochemical things going on that are changing. And sure. um, so now is really about me kind of pushing myself in a way that maybe was easy in the past. Um, but now it's a little harder mentally for me to go, I'm going to go out and I'm going to run fast or I'm going to run for a long period or I'm going to lift heavier. And I did have like some back issues. I think after doing like a pull off the ground, I had like my back flare up and I kind of backed off, pardon the pun. I backed off of like going hard. And I think that's part of my issue right now is that I've kind of lost that edge in my own personal training. Right. So that's, and, and it's kind of cool to watch you. Like I'm, I'm like mesmerized by your Instagrams and I'm going, dang, I got to push myself more. This guy's pushing himself every day. And I don't know if you just shoot them all in one day and then disperse them over no, the weekend. No, 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 like but I even out. talked about that. I even talked about that. I talked about it before the holiday. I said, guys, giving everyone a heads up for the next month, I'm going 80%. Yeah. And, and, and I specifically said that. I said, my body's feeling run down, the stress of the year ending. And yeah, I, I want people to know and understand that I've got my days I wake up and I feel like complete shit. I got my days where I'm going to the gym and maybe the motivation isn't there. I have my days where I'm getting underweight and I'm just not strong. And I just want everyone to know that so it's, that's okay. And that's part of it. And rather trying to sit there and sitting there and getting discouraged and trying to push through it, call an audible. You know, I was supposed to back squat today and I got in and I just was sore. I've been playing a lot of hockey. So I did belt squats. Okay, like I called an audible. Like, is that what was on my program? No, I did, and I was really successful, and I felt really, really good, and I found my mojo, and I got into the groove, and I found it's a 100% certainty that when I start doing something and I'm just, my head's not there or it just doesn't feel right, it's not going to correct, but if I call an audible and maybe do something that's a little bit different, a little bit fun, like the belt squats today, I've probably done that three times in my life. Wow, it was interesting. It was different. I felt good. I wasn't so concerned with how much weight was on the bar. I kind of just went off a feel. The next thing you know, I, I, I did some extra sets. I did a little extra volume. 
I felt fantastic. So it's taking that mindset and I think it's applying it to everyone else because what you're explaining right now, guess what? Join the club on everyone. Everyone's losing motivation. Yeah. Everyone's feeling like well, that. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you're a human being, Don. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am. But I think, you know, moving forward with this podcast, I think that's, that's kind of the stuff we're going to talk about is sure. giving people options. Like, what are their options? Like, do they have to be dogmatic about going to that spin class seven times a week? Absolutely not. There's options for them, right? And I think that's that's where you come in. That's where I come in. I have a little slightly different perspective, but I'm trying to do the same thing. When you have somebody who's a pro athlete who's done it their entire life, I mean, they're gonna they want something different too. They don't want to keep yeah. doing the same thing over and over again because it does get monotonous. And when you're getting right. paid to be an athlete, your mindset changes. The passion's not there. It's a job, and now my job is to change things up a bit, you know, so, but still get a positive result. My question for you is this, are you better off going a hundred percent or just beating yourself up? Or are you better off going 70, 80% leaving the gym with some motivation to where you want to come back the next day and be more consistent? Like in the long run, who's going to be more consistent in your opinion? Yeah, I, I think it is going to be this measured approach of, you can't be a superhero every day. So you're going to have to be Clark Kent for like five days and maybe you can be Superman for one or two days. Right. So, um, and I assume that's how he does it. You know, like mostly he's like working at the daily planet as Clark Kent. And then, you know, he's got to <laughs> save the world like once in a while, but, I, but I, I think there's something to that where it's okay. And it's not like you're, you're taking a, taking an easy day or you're, you're disappointing yourself. It's like, this is what you have to do. This is life. Like I, it's funny. Um, I always hear this term, like life is a marathon. And I'm like, well, no, it's not a marathon. Cause a marathon's kind of an even pace thing. We've right. got to vary up the pace. It's more like intervals. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that's my take on it is, is pick your spots. Um, it's not always going to be as you planned. It's, you know, sometimes you're going to feel great one day. So just go with it. And then another day when it's supposed to be something amazing and you don't feel amazing, it's okay to not be amazing. Um, and that, that seems to be, you know, we'll go through all these, you know, when you're in sports performance and even in fitness, we talk about words, big words like periodization and, and planning. And everybody thinks they got to stick to this really rigid plan. And I like to hear from you is that, no, you don't like call an audible, change things up. And, and, and you know what, when you call that audible in football, that's usually when the fantastic plays happen. It's not because it's going by a script, right? I agree. I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Uh, I, um, one of the programs I just created for an online client recently, um, they wanted the day to work their arms a little bit. So who am I to object to that? Uh, but they shot me an email and they were all panicked that, you know, there were, there wasn't, I think I put down as, as an optional, two optional bicep exercises. I think one was like a hammer curl and one was like a machine bicep curl. They're like, Oh my God, I don't have a machine curl. What do I do? And I'm like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> You're going to be all right. But that's showing the mindset. It doesn't matter. I have a cable, a bar, a dumbbell. It doesn't matter. Like people say it matters. I think it's ridiculous. Like go and get a little blood in there, feel good and get out. But this person was so stuck on it had to be exactly how I wrote it. And I, I, I wrote to him, I said, don't be so rigid with your programs. And then it, now it's getting into a whole lesson of coaching them on how to listen to their body. Now it's become a lot more with me and this individual about showing them how to call audibles. Following yeah. what's on the paper is easy. 
But learning how to call audibles based off of how you really feel, I think that's when the magic starts happening. Yeah. So moving forward, uh, I'm going to make sure everybody has the opportunity to hit us up both by email or on social media. Yeah. And um, if people have suggestions on uh, what you want to hear from us and what what opinions you want, what uh, recommendations, like we're definitely open. Um, we're not doing this just to kind of talk about ourselves. We're we're right. doing it to engage people and and come up with solutions for everybody. I totally, I totally agree. Yeah, no, I, I, I want to get feedback. I mean, I know you and I came up with our lists of topics that we want to cover and, and I think important topics that are areas that people really kind of come up to us on and, and, and want to find out more about. But if there's something that, you know, you guys are interested in hearing, you know, we can even go as far as maybe bringing a specialist on and yeah. discussing with that individual, which I think is really, really interesting. There was a breathing coach that I want to bring on, Dr. Belisa, uh, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, who's a functional medicine doctor. I want to bring her aboard as well. She's really into high performance. Like that stuff's interesting. You know, blood analysis, fun stuff that, you know, do I think that everyone needs? No, I don't think everyone needs it. Um, if you're one of these people struggling to get sleep, I think we got to start focusing on other areas before we stop dropping thousands of bucks on, on these areas. But it's interesting to hear the possibilities and the avenues that are out there. And it's interesting to hear how much our, I mean, our professions have evolved so much. Yeah. And, and the amount of information out there is so much. It's for, for me, it's fun. For you, it's fun as well. It doesn't even feel like work. Yeah, I like this, this kind of idea of this cross-pollination between what maybe the general population could do, but what, what maybe a high-end athlete or celebrity does as well. Because I think it's all tied. Like You can have this trickle-down effect both ways. And you know some of the, the athletes that I work with want to hear about something that might be more fun or just more diverse in, in the approach. So right, right. yeah, I, I think getting some of those, that's when it's going to get really interesting was when we get some uh, guest uh, interviews on here and, and get uh, a third take because you know, you and I don't know everything. That's for damn sure. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've never said that I would. And it was funny. I was talking to um, one of the editors of um, he's now the chief editor of, of muscle and fitness today him and I both said it. We don't like to refer to ourselves as experts. You know, I, I, I try and refer to, yes, I'm a, I'm a health and fitness professional. I, I admit that I'm, this is what I do for my pr- profession, but I, I get around so many people. I mean, Charlie Weingroff's one of them, you know, you could spend, I mean, I've, I've had the uh, good fortune of being able to study under him, learn under him for the last five, six years. And there are times where I, I sit in a room with him and I'm like, whoa, 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 like back up. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're speaking like ancient Greek to me right now. I have no idea. Like we have to start. And and he'll go and and to be humbled by these people and actually hear how much there is to learn out there shows me how much I don't know. Yeah, it's still a lot more than the normal person on the street. And I feel like there's a lot of great information that you and I can give to people. Yeah, definitely. And and that was just Charlie telling you about his trip to Disneyland. So um... Charlie knows more about (laughs) Disney. I went to Disney with Charlie, I think, twice. It sounds really weird. If you knew Charlie, it's not that weird. And I wasn't with my kids. So we were literally at the Wilderness Lodge. He's like, you want to go to Wilderness Lodge for breakfast? I'm like, okay. We're in Wilderness Lodge. And he's like, this is a guy who squatted 800 pounds. And he's looking at me going, oh, my God, I'm so happy right now. And I'm like, I'm glad you're happy, bro. I think he even said when his profession ends, he might become a VIP Disney guy. I think it might be his calling. Awesome. Well, on that note, let's get together in a week and uh, we'll get into one topic, probably a little more in depth and uh, go from there.